0: Okay. One, two. In What are you counting for? Out. The
1: hell are you doing?
0: Deep breathing exercises, John. Deep breathing exercises. Do you in, need to in, calm down. In, in the nose. Out the mouth. <laughs> in the nose. Is that the way are or is okay, it or G? is it in the mouth and out the nose?
1: I believe it's in the mouth, out the nose, because the idea is to slow your breathing. Yeah, you it is, the other?
0: Yeah, I think it's in, in your nose and out your mouth, yeah. Oh,
1: I had that backwards.
0: Okay. I don't just the world's gone crazy lately. We don't need <laughs> yes. to get too po- political, but, no. um, you know, <laughs> I I just, the way people are acting these days over everything, every mm. side of the coin, it's just like, you just need the whole world to just go, breathe in, mm, breathe man. out,
1: you know. I'm glad I live in the sticks.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> it just is what it is, you know. Yeah, so.
1: until you got to go for a grocery run. Then it's not so fun. But I mean, local grocery's not too bad. So,
0: well, you know, in in this potentially post apocalyptic world, um, hmm. you know, are you EMP proof with your vehicles and all that?
1: I mean, I'd have to switch a couple wires around, but uh, Pegasus would be EMP prepared. Once I get the fuel tank back in. Okay. <laughs> it's dropped. It's completely broken down. Power wash cleaned out. Hosed down with brake clean. Wiped out. Ready to be put back together. I'm working on the shocks right now. I'm, I'm at a debate. And I was going to post this on 4x4 Talk yesterday and I forgot. So I have the shock bodies and reservoirs. Everything's completely broken down. Everything's been wire wheeled. Needs a little bit more cleanup. So begs the question. Do I clear coat the bare steel or do I flat black it and clear coat it?
0: Well, I mean, real off-roaders can't afford shocks, so I, I don't know.
1: No, I, I didn't have shocks <laughs> before. Oh, <okay. laughs> hey, I got these things on a budget, spray man.
0: Spray bomb, man. Just spray bomb, and throw them in there. Uh, I'm
1: thinking I So they didn't clean up as much as I had hoped, unless I put some serious time into polishing these they're not going to be that close to a factory shine.
0: (laughs) Then I think we need to talk about this in this episode because it sounds to me like you are debating between being like a trail king and being (laughs) a pavement princess or possibly a whirly boy.
1: A whirly boy. You're going to have to explain that one to me in a moment. (laughs) It's time to hit the trail, lock in those hubs, and throw it into low range, because you are listening to Wheel it with Keith and Johnny Orange, broadcasting from the Thin Line Off-Road Studio. They're here to talk about 4x4s, trucks, and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up. Here's your hosts,
0: Keith and
1: Johnny Orange. So, what the hell is a whirly boy?
0: You've, ne- you've never heard of a whirly boy? No. That's why of
1: I'm offended by being called a pavement princess.
0: Okay, well, I've got
1: way too much rust to be considered that. All <laughs> right, all
0: right. You never heard the term "whirly boy"? No, I've heard a whirly gig. Whirly boy. Or whirly uh, bird. It, It's an internet slang term uh, for people who, typically young men, mm-hmm. who buy like a diesel truck, okay. more often than not a Dodge diesel truck. Okay, flip up their tow mirrors. Put a stack on it, and never put a thing in the bed of their truck. Never put a hitch on there. Well,
1: it's not a Dodge. It is a diesel, so I guess Uh that's point down. It doesn't have a big stack. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I actually put crap in it. It, it, I believe
0: (laughs) that the the etymology of the word goes back to when turbos started to get to be all the thing in the 90s, and it wasn't just a diesel thing. Like, people who were... Putting turbos on their cars instead yeah. of superchargers. Okay, people call them whirly Boys," and oh, you know the turbocharger world. Yeah,
1: that would. Make and
0: sense. Uh, I have seen it used a number of times in the last couple of years in regarding hmm. to you know stretch tires stacks. You know, California rake trucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, All you listeners that enjoy those trucks, uh, send in your donation and we'll... And send your man ours. card in. Yeah, the larger, the larger the donation you send, the more we'll be like, Ooh, yeah, no, you can
1: buy us. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> no, they should probably send
1: their man card in if they're doing that. Yeah, no, yeah. That's, no, just no. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know, painting shocks and worrying about that, that's kind of the... They're expensive shocks, man. I want to protect them. I don't mm. want them to rust out. These things are replaced at
1: 250 bucks a piece. I paid about thirty bucks a shock, but Baby Blue's disgusting.
0: Do it it like nineteen eighty-five, electric pink. Nah. (laughs) Somebody else pays for it and does the work. I'll run them. Oh come on! You could do all (laughs) of them. You could do your diff covers, everything electric pink. You could do it for breast awareness. You do it and pay for the paint. (laughs) I'll run it. I don't care.
1: (laughs) Someone else buys it. I'll install it and run it.
0: (laughs) Well, way over your head. No, I, I got it, I got it. Press but. The <laughs> <the word> <laughs> oh man. Um on a more serious note, episode fifty Mm-hmm. We can't make as many jokes until ten more episodes from this now. This is true.
1: This is true. You know. That one maybe we'll make that a Patreon only episode. Yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> uh episode fifty nine, or if you wanted to put a little period in the middle, it's five point nine. Mm. Now, there's a number of epic five nines in all of history, but I mm-hmm. think there's one that's on the top of the food chain. There, agreed, agreed. You know, um, how many five <laughs> nines can you name besides saying one. it's a five nine? One. What <laughs> the Cummins. Well, you got the Cummins 5.9. Yeah, I don't know of any others. You got the Dodge Magnum 5.9, which is just oh, the old 360. Oh, right,
1: right, right, yeah. Which, how I confusing does that. that
0: for Dodge owners back in the day? It's like, <laughs> oh, I got a 5.9 Ram 2500, and people are like, oh, it's a Cummins. Oh, it's a, no, it's a V8. <laughs> you didn't get the V10. Like, you know, it's <laughs>
1: probably the only time you don't get a head slab and go could have had a V8 is when it's a Cummins instead of a V8. Mm-hmm. <laughs> could have the right 5.9. There
0: we go. There we go. So, disclaimer here, our listeners, I'm a big 5'9 Cummins fan. I love them. I've owned, at this point, 8 or 10 of them over the years uh, in the form of a couple of vehicles that had them in them. I've swapped one in something. Um, I've sold a number of those engines. Well, in that case, flipped a number of them. I've probably had another 20 of them on top of that through my nice. own business. But uh, I'm at zero. Yeah, uh, Zero the The five I nine comes pretty know. pretty epic engine. <laughs> uh, I didn't have enough time to dig into its history. I I I know a little bit about a few different things, mm-hmm. so we're gonna keep this episode kind of light, unless you got a bunch of history on this.
1: No, not particularly. I've had a very busy day. I'm exhausted.
0: <laughs> I am too. I am yeah, too. If, I work-
1: you, if you haven't noticed. I was not playing Zoro. That's a sunburn from my sunglasses.
0: Yeah, you were. You went so, tanning. I got gotcha.
1: you. N- not intentionally. Oh, okay. Subsequently, being on the water. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Worked all day out there. Six hours on the water. Fun stuff.
0: Well, yeah, for sure. Um. So back to Cummins, getting back on point. Mm-hmm. So we don't have another ADD episode for a minute here. It's gonna
1: happen. You know. It's it. probably. You're it. right. It's probably. We'll stay on topic as long as we can. It, as much as we head. can. As much
0: as we can. Um. Let's talk about why you know. Here's the deal, podcast listeners out there. If you listen to the show, you know even a lot of seasoned off roaders, seasoned truck guys, seasoned um, car guys, even seasoned diesel people don't specifically know why the the five nine Cummins um, and the Cummins engine in general has reached such cult status. Mm. Like you know, people are like. Well, why, why though? You know, they just now it's become a thing, you know, just you know, kids all yeah. oh, want a Cummins. Well, why do you want a Cummins? Oh, this is cool. They don't know why it's cool, you Dude. know, and so that's what I want to talk about a little bit is, is why these I'm, I'm, I'm for it because I never
1: really realized that it was a thing. I just always assumed that's the best engine. So.
0: Well, all right, a l- little bit of history here uh, late 70s, early 1980s all of the American truck manufacturers realized that they needed to get into the diesel game because Mm. they were selling diesel uh, half-ton of medium-duty trucks overseas, you know, Japanese Mm -hmm. trucks, and uh, there were some European trucks and things like that. We were at the heels of a gas crisis in the 70s, I think 77 or so, where the American public, you know, we actually had... It was weird, because we were kind of going into this kind of recession, mm. but we were having a building boom at the same time. And so there was okay. tons of tradesmen out there and tons of of people who worked out of their vehicle, and they mm. needed trucks. Yeah. But they didn't need a truck, a three-quarter ton or one-ton truck, that got six miles a gallon. Yeah, that's not good when, for anybody. <laughs> I don't know what the prices were back then. They were still cheaper than than what they were a yeah. few years ago or what they are now, because the time value of money. but. Um, they probably were the equivalent of maybe five to eight dollars a gallon back then, and so people were like, uh, you know, in their time money, you yeah. know, so maybe they were paying I don't know, buck ninety or something or buck fifty, but uh, people at were like, it was probably even cheaper than that. Exactly, people <laughs> were like, this is not going to work, and at the time, diesel. Which is produced as a, a byproduct, a of byproduct gas. of yeah. gasoline production, was incredibly cheap. Mm-hmm. So there was this race, you know, they were going to build diesel cars and diesel trucks and things like that. So, uh, you know, General Motors, Ford, uh, Dodge, all went into it, playing with a couple of different ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, Dodge, for uh, I think it was two years, you could get a Mitsubishi diesel engine in. Okay. Uh, they, they only made like maybe, I don't know, eight or 900 of them, something like that. They're hmm. extremely rare. I think it was 78, 79 only. Uh, Interesting. Ford, uh, before they came out with the International 6.9 IDI motor, uh, you could order. From a couple dealerships around the country, you could order a brand new Ford truck. They would pull out the engine, Mm -hmm. and they would dealership install a Perkins diesel engine. Oh, nice. And so that's where Ford kind of started to get into the diesel stuff. Yeah. Uh, General Motors... They played with a couple of things. Namely, they took their 5.7 Oldsmobile diesel car engine and started offering it in their half-ton trucks and the Suburbans. Hmm. But it was grossly underpowered. because was the thing going to was say, like, that, that sounds crazy uh, low on power. It there. was like 90 horsepower and had no turbo. It was huh. just kind of a weak dog motor. It was okay in a car, but it was Bad. terrible in a truck. It
1: was 125 from the factory. You calling that yeah. a low horsepower?
0: no I mean, you know it is yeah <laughs> that, that thing is no yeah <laughs> well uh so there was kind of this race to to do this and the shame of it was that uh for well all of them didn't have experience building over the road diesel engines in-house mm-hmm. Uh, and so they all were designing their own. They were tinkering with them. There was a lot of failure rate with the early designs with everybody. Yeah. And, you know, Dodge eventually decided that, hey, uh, an actually interesting side note mm-hmm. Dodge was the first truck company to ever put a diesel engine in and sell it for the road. And that was back in. I think it was like 39 to 42 you could get. Oh a, wow. You could get a diesel and those are I've looked for them before. Yeah. There there's like only a handful of surviving examples left. They're I believe extremely it. extremely rare. I believe it. But that was a, a motor that they did not build themselves. They sourced, they brought yeah. in.
1: A lot of them did back then it seems. Exactly.
0: Well, that's what Dodge did again. Yeah. They're like they're looking in the in the 80s like man, um we need a diesel engine but we need something, you know, they were seeing the high failure rate of uh, I think it was seventy-eight or seventy-nine when you could start getting the five-seven diesel in the GM trucks. Mm-hmm. High failure rate on those. Uh, Ford, I think it was eighty-two. Uh, they started doing the IDIs. Yeah. Dodge wanted to get back into the diesel business because they had done the Mitsubishi diesel, which mm-hmm. was an okay engine, but it was underpowered. Yeah. So they wanted to get back into the diesel engine. They started looking. Okay, who can we, you know, what can we do here, and. I don't know the story behind how they connected with Cummins, mm-hmm. but Cummins was already building their, le- you know quote-unquote, legendary over-the-road 5.9 engine yeah. that was being installed in medium-duty trucks and school buses. Okay. So they've been building that engine since, I think, 83 or 84. Really? Yeah. Wow. People didn't realize that. that the no, engine I outdates I, the I Dodge trucks. That. It's not a huh.
1: Dodge engine. It's a Cummins engine. I always thought the partnership just started with them. I didn't realize mm-hmm. it was a Pre-date totally stage. independent thing. Wow. That's so they cool. they
0: did some testing, and they they did a bunch of measurements. And I read an article, I want to say in Four-Wheeler magazine. I could be wrong on that. Maybe a listener will say no, because somebody else read that article as well. I'm sure that listens to us. Mm-hmm. But they talked about the early testing of the Cummins engine, and they – in the Dodge trucks. And they, they literally, it was an engine swap. They yeah. they took it and they said, okay, how can we fit this thing in here? And when they started doing a bunch of measuring and stuff, the Dodge engineers realized it would fit in their existing ch- f- f- chassis with their existing nice. firewall with very little modifications. That's awesome. So they built some test trucks. Now, mm-hmm. mind you, you're talking a, a three-quarter ton truck mostly. They built one tons as well. Yeah. Now with a medium-duty, you know, basically a school bus engine mm-hmm. in that. So it's going to have a little bit more power than it did before. A little more power, <laughs> but the engine is not being worked at all.
1: Yeah, that would be a valid point. I You've got an, en- you got an engine that was designed For successfully. For heavy application in a light-duty. Yeah, better, to push around
0: it. a 40,000-pound vehicle all day long. <laughs> now you're putting it in a 6,500-pound vehicle. So it's just gonna sit there and <laughs> just, just <purr>. chug away. <laughs> yeah. brr, 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 brr. You are not putting even towing a forty foot horse trailer behind that thing, it's still towing less weight wow. than it would be if it had going to school business. I never would kids. have figured that. So that that That's was incredible. That was the that was the story for success. They just nice. said, so they took the it was what's the old uh the old adage, you know, build it stronger basically. They mm. they overkilled it. They just Yeah. They they took I something- support that decision. I do that in everything I build. Exactly. They just completely <laughs> overkilled it. Yeah. Worked out quite well. Um, you know, so the first generation square body Dodge Rams. Um, mm-hmm. What's interesting there is on the books, 1989 is the very first year you could factory get a Cummins. Mm-hmm. It, was an inter- it was a turbocharged engine um no intercooler in 89 and 90 and then yeah. 91 you could get the intercooler with i need the... to get one for mine still <laughs> well you know there, there are some benefits to your oh, um yeah, yeah to, it cools your air intake as you're going
1: i, I got build plans i just gotta it, do it but whatever i'll get there eventually <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> it runs it drives it stops and then i broke it so i'm fixing it again
0: <laughs> nature of the beast <laughs> Um so you know Dodge they uh they had this this really good idea they they put the thing in there 8 looks like 8990 what I was starting to say is what's interesting is on the books 89 is the first year mm-hmm. however in recent years a number of supposed early development prototypes mm-hmm. have made their way to the private market mm-hmm. And when people have done the title history checks back on them, it looks like those vehicles were sold right after testing to the general public, but in small numbers. Oh, really? Yeah, Um, starting about late 87. uh, I know of at least four vehicles that have been quote-unquote verified as being genuine. Cummins, Dodges, and one or two of them weren't even turbocharged huh. they, they were not they were the naturally aspirated yeah. or the the non forced induction yeah version which would have been a dog yeah but, i've I've wondered a lot about that i've
1: been kind of looking up some turbos and blowers which i'll, I'll talk about a little later and i've just been wondering how and you know some of these things are designed to function with them how can they have an option without it i, I just i don't understand the mechanics of it
0: well, you know, and that was that was actually kind of Dodge was the one by selling uh the first um factory turbocharged uh truck that was like mass produced as a diesel yeah. factory turbocharged truck, they were immediately blowing the doors off their competitors. Ford in eighty nine, so mm-hmm. your first full year of production. Yeah. Ford in eighty nine was still running, I believe the six nine. I don't think they'd switched over yeah, no, they had not Oh, it might have been the 7.3 IDI in 89. So, they, yeah, 88, 88, 89. I no the difference. They had the non-turbo yeah. uh, 7.3. Um, GM had, in those years, the non-turbo 6.2 liter, which was built by Detroit Diesel. They had abandoned their mm-hmm. 5.7, and they'd mm-hmm. gone to the 6.2, which was an okay engine, but a dog. Yeah. So, here comes... I this, imagine
1: insanely heavy too for some reason.
0: And that that's one of the reasons too that yeah. Dodge put on the side of the trucks Cummins Turbo Diesel. Yeah. We now have this turbocharged yeah. diesel truck. So it's all selling point. <laughs> yeah, all selling point. <laughs> nice. Um why don't we take a quick break and then we come back, and maybe talk a little more about first gens, and then maybe roll into uh the uh some of the pinnacle years of the twelve valve. Sounds good. See you then. It's cute when Rover shakes a paw for you! Good boy! And when he rolls over on command... That's it, buddy! But when he brings in fleas and ticks from the outside... Rover! Not so much. Rover can't help what time of year it is, but ABC Home and Commercial Services can. They're the best in pets, so give them a call and they'll come around and treat your yard. ABC Home and Commercial Services, 810-794-5678, online at abcbees.com. We going? (laughs) I think so. We back. We back. All right. So, um, we were talking about the first gen Cummins, Mm. and... You know how it was an immediate success out of the box. we're
1: talking about the Turbo Cummins.
0: The Turbo Cummins, yeah. Turbo (laughs) Diesel. Turbo Cummins. Immediately successful. uh, And it came out originally as the 5.9 liter Mm -hmm. 12-valve engine. 12-valve, pretty simple. It's got 12 valves. It's got two per cylinder. It's a six-cylinder inline engine. Mm -hmm. Another reason the Cummins ended up being such a uh, great thing is it was a simple design. It was developed... Yeah, those
1: inlines are... Holy crap!
0: <laughs> yeah, inline engine design always ends up being better than a V design yeah. because the engine internally isn't fighting against itself. Yeah. Uh they end up lasting longer, being more durable. Mm-hmm. But with the the five nine Cummins, they those engines being originally designed for industrial applications, mm-hmm. and even in try they even put them in tractors and stuff. So um, it. They were designed to run off of. Just one wire, yeah. which you don't even actually need. You could run. That's just the fuel shutoff valve. <laughs>
1: They're
0: nice. completely mechanical. So when we were talking at the beginning of the show, and I was talking about EMPs, uh, electromagnetic pulses that can take out vehicles that have yeah. electronic devices. Mm-hmm technically you can push start or uh, like a manual transmission cummins vehicle mm-hmm. or if Lotus you have bonus
1: points for the manual trans again by the
0: way yeah or if you have an <laughs> air starter on it from an yeah. industrial application you I want can to see one of those things i've never they sound actually weird. seen an they make like yeah they, make like and they just start right up that's kind of cool um, i kind of want one but yeah you can <laughs> if you ever had like an emp or for some reason you know that was one. That was one of my biggest. This is a sidetrack. No, you ever see the show, um, Revolution? I think it's called Revolution. I told you about it. Oh, I watched that show yeah. when it came out. I oh,
1: love that, show. that is a uh, great show. I love that show.
0: Good show, Big Flaws, yeah. though. Big Flaws. How so? Um, <laughs> it in that universe, mm-hmm. there's no reason that a diesel engine vehicle wouldn't still like simple like a Cummins twelve would yeah, still run. Absolutely correct. No, because they explained in the show that electricity <laughs> Yeah, the little didn't nanobots reading electricity. I actually never got that far to know that it was nanobots. I know people have told me that. Oh dude. you can't talk about this until I, you finish. I watched it. like half the I eventually got bored. I, I oh. actually got, I got pissed off man because um, I, I understand that, like, they eventually got a steam-powered train or something. Like, Like Georgia was all steam-powered. In the show? Yeah. Okay. Like,
1: everything. They had, like, bicycles that were steam-powered, buses. It was, like,
0: modern day, but steam-powered. Okay. <laughs> so that's one of the things. You know, things would go steam-powered, yeah. but diesel would continue to, to operate. I didn't even connect
1: the dots on that one. But yeah. I
0: watched it a long right time diesels. ago. The right diesel. The yeah. right diesels. Yeah, yeah. And that's huh. one of the reasons that the Cummins was... Uh, that's
1: what I love about mine. It's yeah. the same thing. It's a mechanical diesel. If I had to, I could make it work. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Those first-gen Cummins trucks, uh, especially mm-hmm. with a manual, you could get 26, 27, 28 miles a gallon out of them. I believe it. Not the big four-by-four ones as much, but if you had, yeah. like, a two-wheel drive, regular cab, oh, eight-foot bed, yeah. number of people, you know, report that coming back. So... You know, they had to improve upon their truck design, quote-unquote, yeah, totally. and they came out with a more aerodynamic design for the 94 model year, The what they call the second-generation Ram pickup truck. Okay. And they continued on with their agreement with Cummins, but they wanted to change it up a little bit. They wanted to get a little more horsepower out of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's when they went to the <laughs> Bosch P7100 me. mechanical-injected. Injection P-pump pump. Series. The P-Pump series. Yes. I've, P-pump, I've talked to you many great limes about this. They're essentially a <laughs> trash pump bolted to the side of an engine. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Anything that'll burn. We've told stories on the show before about how you can put used motor oil through them. Yeah.
1: Remember that day we took the run to Monroe to actually pick a... We picked up a 4BT, I think it was, or 6BT. And yeah, you were running it on used marine motor oil that day. Yep. Yeah, it'll run just fine. <laughs> yeah, 32 miles to gallon. We did the math and we got back.
0: Now, I've heard rumors... <laughs> uh, and this, so it might be like fringe conspiracy theory, but mm-hmm. I have heard rumors that somehow the U.S. government found out that they were building a vehicle that could just run off of anything, mm-hmm. and they were ordered to stop. Huh. Now, I've never been able to find any documentation saying as such, it's so curious it might just... i about that, because Bosch is based in Germany. Well, Bosch continued making injection pumps. Yeah. Now of course they did it under the guise of oh emissions and this and that, uh, but that's the re-
1: change regulations.
0: But the reality like of the situation in '98, when they went over to the VP series mm-hmm. um, electronic fuel pumps on or Ugh. injection pumps on them, yeah, which were very problematic. They also went to the 24 valve engine, yeah. You know, it's still a five nine. And that was the last generation of the five nines. Yeah. It was the twenty four valve electronic. Uh, well, no, I take that back. They went to the common rail five nines as well. Mm. So, you know, they they've had the five nine ran up until they eventually basically bored and stroked the engine and went to a six seven.
1: Nice. I think that's what's in Ed's truck, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, six, his, his would be a 6.7. Yeah,
0: I think huge. <laughs> but, um, you know, like we were saying before, it's uh, the early ones, the early 5.9 Cummins. Very, even the 24 valves with a, uh, the right wiring harness, very easy mm-hmm. to swap. Uh, very, very durable engines. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's part of the reasons that they've had this just legendary status. Yeah. But, um, what's, oh, you're going to say something? I was so? going to say, so what would be the ultimate... 12 valve
1: five nine and a half. well there. are well just a p-pump one well any specific year i remember a couple episodes ago we were talking about like a, a bell housing di- or a mounting difference or something any of the p-pump ones are going to be 94 to 90 early 98 so somewhere in that range is probably the ultimate of those
0: um well okay let me take the, let me take that back a notch because if you ordered it from the factory with an automatic transmission, your injection pump was tuned to 185 horsepower. Okay. If you ordered it with a manual transmission from 94 or 94 and 95, you got a 205 horsepower injection Ooh. pump. And in 96 and 97, you got a 215 horsepower injection pump. Only so, with the manual or that only with above? the manual. I like it. So the ultimate Cummins engine to have is Mm -hmm. one out of a 97 or i'm sorry a 96 to early 98 because they did a mid-year switch over to the 24 valve gotcha so a 96 to early 98 12 valve with the from a manual transmission truck nice now with the caveat being that it is not a 53 block okay I remember talking about that at one of our episodes. So, Cummins, I believe, had. They did a lot of cat. They still do a lot of casting in Mexico. Yeah. But one of the plants they used had a big 53 stamped on the side of the block. Mm-hmm. And those have about a 25 to 30% failure rate. Ooh. They tend Ooh. to crack all the way along underneath the cylinder head. Now, there's a Ooh. kit you can buy that essentially slabs a bunch of JB weld on the side of it, yeah. and it'll get you by. Those engines, most guys will say, were only found in 98s, and you could find them in both the 12 valve and the 24 valve because they Mm -hmm. use the same block. The head was different, but the block was the same. However, there have been a number of late 97 builds that have been found with that 53 block. So if you're really looking for one and you're looking for that ultimate cummins engine you really want to look for a 96 or 97 and if yeah. it's a 97 and the date codes right on the timing cover on the front mm. if it was built january february march april may you know you're probably golden the easiest way though is to look at the side of the block and if there's about a two inch tall 53 cast into it it's a 53 block <laughs> yeah if it's not there it's about the middle of the block um Now I'm testing my memory. I think it's on the exhaust manifold side, but I could be wrong on that. It might be on the other side. But it's it's right there in the middle of the block. Yeah. There's a fifty three. unless you're getting the thing dirt cheap, you Mm -hmm. know, somebody's selling it here for a couple hundred bucks and it's got the right injection pump and everything on it. Go ahead, take it, run it. The injection pump alone's, you know, worth nine hundred bucks if you pull it off and sell it. But uh so one more follow up question. What's that? So
1: with the Detroit Diesels, you get the serial number off the block, you can call a, you know a dealer, get the information what it originally came from its original build specs. Can you do that with the Cummins to verify what it came out of or anything?
0: Yeah, or absolutely. Numbers
1: to cross reference for anything. Yeah,
0: absolutely you can, but the tag on the front of the engine if it's still intact on the mm-hmm. timing gear cover on the front. Um also uh tells you right on there the horsepower oh that's that's even better And the that. year so awesome. you can look right at one it, not that there's junkyards around that have stacks and stacks of yeah. cummins but you can wipe the grease off the front of that cover it's kind of on yeah. the left side of, it'd be the left side of the engine if you're looking at it from the driver's perspective mm-hmm. so uh on the timing cover on the front just wipe it down yeah it's a uh, about a one and a half by five inch strip plate red too isn't it what's a, that it's uh, red and white uh, i think on some i think it's black and white on most though
1: uh, i've only seen a few working with you with just looking at yeah and you rub, you rub the
0: grease off yeah. and you can see that
1: huh. um, speaking
0: of that if you're looking at a cummins engine for your project mm. the the early 12 valves you know like i said you got the rotary pump and you got the p-pump the rotary pump is going to give you a little bit better fuel mileage mm-hmm. you can turn it up a little bit for some more horsepower but you've got you can turn up the P pump even higher. Yeah. So if you're if you're looking for a stock engine, either are fine. Um, although the P pump, you can run off used motor oil. The rotary yeah, like pump, the you cannot. <laughs> yeah. But any of the early twelve valves, there is one Achilles heel, mm. and that's the killer dowel pin. Have you heard of the killer dowel pin? I've heard of it. I'm not familiar with it. Okay. Something so, like
1: under the timing cover though. Isn't yeah. So the okay. timing
0: cover on the front of the engine. Yep. They have a dowel pin. It's uh. For lack of better terms, it's about the size of a micaite candy. You know what a Mike and Ike candy looks like? I do. Okay, yeah. Oh, so, come on,
1: do I know what a Mike No, yeah, all, right, like? all
0: right, fair enough. <laughs> and actually, maybe I'm a little, maybe a that. little bigger than that. It's like okay. between that and a Vienna sausage. So it's, it's a fairly like sizable. A, pin. Like a big, good, and plenty. Yeah. So it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's a fairly sizable little pen. Um, it is Preston to the front of the engine block and then it kind of locates the timing cover on the block okay for whatever reason, they tend to eventually wobble out, and they can fall down into the timing gears. Ooh. They Ooh. typically do not damage the timing gears, although they have been known to do that. That's... But usually what happens is they roll into the timing gears so they get caught between the timing gears and the aluminum case, and they crack Ooh. the aluminum housing, and you end up having oil Ooh. all over the front of the engine. Ooh. So if that happens, it's it's they can destroy the engine Yeah. more often than not they just destroyed your timing cover now if it's just a small crack you can sometimes weld them and you're lucky and you can put them back together yeah otherwise you're looking at a timing cover that sounds expensive a couple hundred bucks at least for a used one not as bad
1: as i was expecting right
0: from cummins maybe four or five hundred but That's uh, still less than i was expecting <laughs> they made enough of them that there's yeah. enough of them out there um the the easiest thing though if you're going to build a Cummins or you're just going to swap one in something, mm-hmm. you pull the sheet metal timing cover off the front of the engine. It's mm-hmm. bolted to the aluminum timing cover, or I'm using the wrong term here, the, the timing housing. Okay. The timing housing is aluminum, the timing cover is steel. So you pull the steel timing cover off, mm-hmm. and you can see that pin. It's right about in the middle of everything. It's You can Google it. It's really easy. It's sticking yeah. right there. If it's sticking out, you hammer the thing back in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And there happens to be a bolt for the um, the timing housing okay. that is about three-eighths of an inch from it. So Fun literally, way. you take a little piece of steel, mm-hmm. drill a hole in it, pull that bolt out, put the bolt back in, and, huh. it, and the tab holds the... Nice. Now, they people sell killer dowel pin fixes, and it's literally just that. It's a piece of steel. So if Jeez. you can drill a hole in a piece of steel... yeah you can fix it Sounds other like... people peen it over on the aluminum i don't like that as much because it yeah. kind of yeah it's kind of janky i was to say I, I spent uh
1: pulling those shocks part i needed a tool to pull a piston out okay they sell them for 45 dollars i had some scrap metal 10 bucks with a welder and a quarter inch bolt and i had one
0: sometimes <laughs> you gotta do man sometimes yeah. you gotta make the tool you need yeah we've talked about homemade tools before oh yeah oh yeah, yeah so.
1: homemade jack stands great with quality two by fours and uh, drywall screws oh yeah I'm yeah. i'm kidding but... don't ever do that <laughs> please for the love of god don't do that <laughs> no, uh, i built one out of four by fours angle bracket and three eighths lag bolts hey man. i still use them whatever works yeah they work i i bought some nice uh 12 tons though i needed the height was the reason yeah yes they're harbor freight no they're not part of that recall <laughs> i <laughs> uh, i guess i'll just
0: put my they're no, actually
1: I'll, really um, solid jack stands it's you you've got the same kind
0: I've i know i've got them. a number of them i i've used them over yeah. the years i think i got seven or eight of them but yeah. um <laughs> so yeah i mean the we i could talk cummins all day and the pros and cons of different ones there's what's kind of interesting i guess on the final note on the cummins thing and maybe we'll talk about some four by four talk and some mm-hmm. news and events that we have coming oh, up yeah. yeah. um Couple of announcements to make. We do a couple of announcements yeah. to make. Um, Are we going to tell? Him? Well, we'll discuss it between. We'll let Andrew producer <laughs> tell him. Um, anyways, <laughs> he's the he's uh, ignoring it. The um, <laughs> you know it, people talk about the Cummins. What's interesting to me is there is a divide in the Cummins world, mm-hmm. and it's really a I want to call it a four way divide. Mm-hmm. Where like in the Ford world, in the diesel engines it's pretty much the 6.0 guys versus everyone else
1: <laughs> yeah
0: you know we've talked about that before on the show how oh my god next episode is 60 yeah. uh, we, i would rather do like dana 60 but we could do the 6.0 ford like trial on tra- mention yeah we, we'll figure <laughs> or the fj no we said 62 for fj 60 series but over the 60 series land cruisers i don't remember but we'll figure it out but anyways, i'm really tired yeah I don't me remember. too <laughs> um but uh, anyway, so in the, like I said, in the Ford diesel world, it's the 6.0 guys versus everybody else. Yeah. They either love them or they hate them, and there's no in-between. Mm-hmm. In the Cummins world, there is mechanical 12-valve guys, and those guys even have a little divide where it's like there's guys who are like, oh, well, any 12-valve is fine, and then other guys are like, you got to have a pump. pump. It's not as much of a divide, but yeah. then you've got the 24-valve guys, mm. which technically all Cummins from 1998 on are 24-valves, mm-hmm. but they still only call that first generation the 24-valve. Yeah. Then they went to the common rail-injected, and those guys are like, they're kind of like the 6.0 guys. They got the crappiest uh. Cummins ever built <laughs> because they had a, the, the, the common rails. When the injectors go, they tend to wash out cylinders and catastrophic Oof. failure. My neighbor's mega cab is just dead because of that. Oof. That's that's what just happened. So he Bummer. bought a new one. Um, What's he doing with the old one? He's selling it. You want it? If it's in my budget, hell yeah. yeah it might be. We'll talk. All right. Um, <laughs> but anyways, the common rail guys are kind of like the 6 guys. They're like... Oh, the engines aren't that bad if you treat them right. And if you do this and you put ten thousand dollars worth of upgrades into them, <laughs> they're okay. That's pretty much the 6 L guy. That, nice. I mean, that's their common it's kind of the same era. There. Yeah. And then the new six sevens, even though they're still a common rail design, mm-hmm. they'd still like, call them the six seven Cummins, and apparently they've improved on some of the shortcomings of the earlier common rails. Gotcha. So those are the divides. You got the you got these four divides in the Cummins world. And they all get along for the most part, mm-hmm. but they all seem seem to think they're superior. I, I'll straight up admit I am a twelve valve pump guy.
1: I I mean I I would agree with that, but I like in the all no fairness, computer simplicity. Yeah, I'll, I'll state though that's more or less because I've been hanging out with you for a long time, and but I, I agree. I like the simplicity, the no computers, no electrical BS to deal with. Just turn switch and go.
0: My the, my ideal Cummins, um, never existed. Uh technically, but Mm -hmm. can be built fairly simple by swapping around factory parts.
1: Ooh, I like this. Do we want want to hold off till after the commercial?
0: No, let's do this and then talk about our announcements afterwards. Alright,
1: fine. I like making them wait.
0: Alright, fine. Make them wait. (laughs) Sorry, guys. We'll be back in a minute. Puppies are cute. (laughs) Spiders are not. Spiders are creepy and ugly, but what will you do? You will call ABC Home and Commercial Services. The Spider Fighters can service your home for these unwelcome guests. ABC Spider Fighters will provide the solution for your spiders, wasps, box elder bugs, Asian lady beetles, cluster flies, and all your visiting insects. Call now for a prepaid discount. ABC Home and Commercial. The Spider Fighters. 810-794-5678. Thank you, sir. Hender Fine, you're letting me talk again. Jeez, <laughs> tell you what, freedom of speech here, man. Um, so here's what I'm you're talking. Free to
1: make any speech you want. Yeah. Okay. You just got to start talking and keep going. Here, here's what I'm talking here. See, that's exactly what I'm saying. You start talking, you
0: keep going. <sighs> oh my God. I'll stop. <laughs> Six seven short block. So please don't. Yeah. Six seven short block. Yeah. So you have the cubic inches. Okay. Then you take and you put on a first-gen, well, not first-gen, you put on a second-gen 24-valve head. Okay. Because you get the better flow. Yep. And you get rid of all the common rail BS. Yeah. Because after the 24-valve, you got all the common rail injection stuff. Then you put on a P-pump with a set of aftermarket 24-valve P-pump uh injection lines do this yes it's been done and it sounds expensive (laughs) um i mean the reality of it is you you're buying a fairly new cummins short block um you know if you're going to build this engine you might as well just buy a brand new one i mean you could get one somewhere and sell off the rest of the parts Mm -hmm. but you know the rest of the stuff can be had reasonable. In reality, I bet you could build the engine seven eight grand with junkyard parts, maybe a little less. Mm. I mean, with some real creative bargaining, maybe a lot less. That might but, be a
1: fun challenge. <laughs>
0: but you know, now you're getting the cubic inches, you're getting the P pump. Yeah. You can put big old injectors because you've got the six seven. You got a little bit more. Um, yeah. You know, a little, little more volume turn. there. And uh, and then if you want to go wild, you go with, like, twin turbos, multiple turbos. You know, there's been a number of them that yeah. have been done that way. In fact, I think that excursion we talked about briefly on the show one day that I saw for sale was built like that. that. Nice. I'm pretty sure that was a P-Pump 6.7 with a 24-valve head.
1: I don't recall the vehicle. Yeah, the oh, guy man. said he
0: had, like, something like $19,000 in receipts in the <laughs> engine. and yeah, but He had a lot of other stuff in it, too, so it was like, ooh. Like yeah. that'd be a nice replacement for Project Excursion. Oh yeah! Oh <laughs> yeah! Know? So, um, okay. All right. All right. Getting off the common stuff uh, <laughs> for a minute or uh, permanently. Um, Not permanent, just for now. For now. <laughs> We've got some news, some announcements. Um, John, what do you got?
1: Well, I, I figured out a supercharger for the uh, Commando Project.
0: You did, huh? Yes,
1: I'm. We're talking about diesels here. I'm picking up a 671 uh, Detroit blower on Saturday. Won't fit on so, that engine. Yeah, the price is too good to pass up. So if I can't make it work, then I'll trade it or something.
0: 471 will fit on there. The 671's too long for a V6. I already know this for a fact.
1: I was wondering about that because the guy I'm getting it from was planning to throw it on a short block Chevy.
0: Yeah, um, small block Chevy. <coughs> small the, block. I'm small sorry. block Chevy. Yeah. They fit very well uh on the v6s um mm. you would have to make a crazy intake and set it up very high to clear your distributor and everything
1: i had not contemplated any of that. well i'm still getting it it's 50 bucks so um <laughs> i'm but, getting it but is
0: it a 671 blower off of detroit diesel or is it a 671 that was already converted to run on a car
1: uh it's off a of diesel because he was saying it needs a bearing kit to run on a gasser
0: it Needs more than that.
1: Yeah, I know the nose cone and all that stuff. And I'll, I'll show you the link. The
0: impeller seals and all that. Yeah. they're only. It needs, worth, oh, they're, it needs a rebuild. They're only worth about fifty bucks.
1: No, I'm still getting it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just telling you, they're not worth. I've had them before. They're not worth. yeah you know. So I mean, yeah. I, I hate to burst your bubble there, buddy. Yeah,
1: but, I should have talked to you about it before I brought yeah, it up. Then. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, they're uh, fifty to hundred bucks for a core um, six seventy one. That's that off of a diesel. Me. Is it worth trading to someone who might have a 471 blower? If they possibly had. Personally, I think you're wasting your money because you're yeah, buying that's something possible. that's not going to work for what you have. And no, I'm not trying cool. to be Debbie Downer oh, here. No, no, it, it's I just, definitely cool. I, I knew it was probably going to be overkill and may not even work. But... A 471 would definitely work on a yeah. v 6 um, I don't know if they've ever made an intake for that, so you might be having to modify an intake. Oh, I'm all right with that. Um, <laughs> you know, but there are... Uh, I've seen a number of people that have done different things. They've either yeah. taken a four barrel intake and then just machined a plate to fit the 471, mm-hmm. or they've cut the top off of the intake. And, you know, there's different ways of doing it. Yeah, wing it. Um, the it's same with the 671, so. it would be too long. That's the Bummer. problem. That yeah. disappoints me. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh. Unless you went high and you v it out. Like, and then, I mean, that can look cool, be like a Ratfink build. Mm. But they need a really, really long blower belt, and I don't know where you get those. I know they're available somewhere. It might be like a snowmobile belt or something, but.
1: I like that idea even better. Oh, my God. I love the weird random crap plan. (laughs) Oh,
0: my God, John. Oh, you've known this
1: about me a long time. You would, you would.
0: I mean, if you're going to go real random, you could just do the old uh, front mounted supercharger. The what? Early days, they used to take the superchargers and mount them to the uh, crank pulley on the front of the engine with the supercharger sticking out the front of the vehicle and then all the tubes going up to the top. teens and 20s, and then even all the way up into the 50s and some dragsters and stuff, they did it that way. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, that would work technically, but...
1: That might be just weird enough that I'd like it. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'll look into it. It'll probably probably hit the winch. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Anyways.
0: (laughs) Anyways. uh, Museum minutes. We got some exciting news for the museum.
1: Indeed. Indeed. I don't know uh, how much of it we're announcing
0: well, um, the we new g- construction part, hmm? I said all of it. All oh. of it. Well, uh, sure, why not? We're on the podcast. <laughs> um, starting, we're going to be back open. Um, yes. the, uh, the world has renowned, has said that Rona is now over. And uh, murder well, we
1: moved on to level six in Jumanji because it's oh, June, pretty much. Yeah, so right. we're onto something new, and you we're know, was to move
0: on? Murder, murder Hornets were a bust.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was just a filler piece. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Oh, did you hear about the Asteroid, though? Somebody called Asteroid. I see that, yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, With the museum, we are going to be back open, I think that would be next week. Wednesday would be our first day open, if I'm doing my math correctly in my mind.
1: I think it's Monday, stuff can go back to normal.
0: Yep. Um, June 8th in Michigan, we're allowed to reopen, so uh, that is uh, pretty exciting. Indeed. We can do that. We
1: can go to bars again. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um we at the museum have managed to salvage um a whole bunch of 1950 vintage theater seats. Yeah, and they are cool. And we are going to put in a single movie theater uh to play car movies and have special productions and things like that. I love That's it. going to be under construction as early as next week. Nice. And um yeah, so we got some cool stuff going on at the museum indeed, right now.
1: Indeed.
0: So hopefully we can get some more
1: display pieces <laughs> as we go here.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're a little we're a little short right now because yeah. Mr. Ed picked up his sand rail and uh, Bill Norris picked up his uh, willies mm. for a little bit to do some. Uh, it was leaking. I, I I think that was honestly, and I know Bill listens to the podcast. Hi, Bill. um Bill. By all means, um, <laughs> I, no problem at all, Bill. But I think that was the leakiest vehicle we've ever had in there. I'm pretty sure that thing was leaking oil from the tires. I mean, it was, (laughs) there was oil, so many oil spots underneath that. On the Uh, plus side, it didn't have any rust. (laughs) Well, there's that. I mean, uh, the only, the only worst one I know is Project Excursion, which is constantly, you know, just raining oil underneath it. Yeah,
1: mine kind of leaks too. So, um,
0: yeah, our displays were a little low on. It uh, does not mean that we would not love you to stop by and check out what we oh, do absolutely. have. We um, have yeah, more coming
1: soon, as always.
0: We have a, um, some exciting new donations that are coming in in the form of some early advertising things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to announce those till that's a sure thing, and they're in the museum, of course. Good idea. But I w- would like to say that they are closely tied with Um, the early Subarus, and so the museum is actively looking for a first-generation American Subaru, or not not built in America, but American-imported Subaru. Mm -hmm. It would be, um, if anyone out there happens to have, and I don't know a ton about them, I think about 78 or 77 was the first year you could get a Subaru in the U.S. I think he said something like that the other day. Yeah, Yeah. if somebody's got a first-generation American-import Subaru that, you know, even if it doesn't run and you're looking to donate it, um, i may know where one's buried buried doesn't work uh, no it did not work it didn't run <laughs> yeah yeah no it sure looks decent know. we need one it looks decent for the new <laughs> display yeah, uh, otherwise run. maybe we'll do a big printout with a cardboard cutout or something like that i like it i but, like it um so we got we got some cool stuff going on the museum's getting a little else? oh wheels in the woods yeah
1: there it is <laughs> you want to talk about it uh you you it was kind of your
0: brain child so well, I think we gotta let
1: you go on that. Yes one.
0: and no. I mean Wheels in the Woods 2020 is on. Mm-hmm. Um we are we'll doing it be our, there. We will be there October 10th. Saturday. Uh, sa- is, oh, is that a Saturday? Okay, I think it was. I'm pretty sure. Saturday, October 10th. <laughs> um so 1010. We're 10-10? having the show. Hold on, hold on. 1010, 2020. <laughs> yeah, I know. 1010, 2020. Cute. We are doing something we have never, ever done before with Wheels in the Woods. Um, We are going to open the event to all um, automotive, motorcycle, uh, dirt bike, whatever, hobbyists out there. It's got an engine, bring it. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) you want to bring your boat on a trailer. We have no problem with that. That would be awesome. The, The reason that we are doing this is because pretty much at least in the state of michigan i don't know if this has been nationwide but i I bet it has because i've seen a lot of stuff Mm. pretty much every show every event every cruise scheduled for the summer of 2020 has been canceled and so we are officially not canceled and um we are going to be there now we've already talked about this as a the museum group and at the board meeting if for some reason some craziness goes down where our now lifted restrictions are put back onto us, we will still do something on the 10th. Yes. If that means that we literally social distance by doing a cruise from that spot and drive around a couple blocks and honk horns, we're doing something. So no matter what, yeah. Wheels in the Woods 2020 is on on October 10th. Rain or shine. And this year for the first time... We want to see your Corvettes. We want to see your Mustangs, your Camaros, yeah. your fifty Chevys, your Model As, anything that's got a motor. Like we said, your boats, your, yeah. your whatever, bring Pre-
1: precursor it. Precursor and warning to the trailer queen vehicles, as you insulted me with that word earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it may get a little muddy if it's raining. It's on dirt, so choose wisely. <laughs> yeah, this is not
0: a off-roading event or a mud bug no. event. This is this is a. You're kind of like your pavement car show, but this is actually on, on a grass. Mani- manicured grass car <laughs> yeah. show. Uh, think kind of like the Concourse d'Elegance Elegance with a redneck twist. I don't know what that is, but I like it. <laughs> well, the Concourse d'Elegance Elegance every year, it's on a golf course. Oh, okay. Nice. So there's no golf playing. I mean, if you want to play golf, you can do that, but no guarantee you'll ever find a ball. about disc golf? Yeah, you could probably do that. You probably find a few places to do that. I like but. that. I like that. Uh, we fun. got some awesome events that we'll announce as we go along. Um, but like I said, Wheels in the Woods is going to be open to all wheels this year. And if I'm not mistaken, we were going to add a few awards classes for cars and yes. car
1: trivia, too. So modifying that, I, I, I'll take this idea. That, well, you had the idea. We were going to do like a 4x4 four four off-road trivia, a car trivia. <clears throat> excuse me. And then the winners from each go head-to-head to, head to battle for, I don't know what we're going to title that yet, Ultimate Probably, Automotive Champion. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I was just
0: thinking that, Ultimate, yeah. ultimate Automotive Trivia Master or Champion, yeah. something like that. So um, We'll
1: come up with a better So title. <laughs> this year,
0: here's what we're going to tell you here. Um, going that we're the 4x4 versus the car guys, And we already have said multiple times on the podcast that we are going to be pulling a lot of the four by four trivia questions from things we've talked about on the podcast. You guys got an advantage. Yeah. Don't disappoint (laughs) us. If you're showing up to the show this year, we need you to show up strong. We need you to show up, listen to all the back episodes. Yeah. And, you know, write down some things or just keep it in your memory because i'm really hoping that we can crown the four but whoever there's a four by four master is the ultimate automotive trivia guy
1: that would be awesome
0: you know so this is kind of like the cars versus trucks here thing <laughs> we, we we need the uh need you guys to step up to the plate Come yeah <laughs> you know i mean not that we wouldn't you know rightfully crown a corvette owner or something you know, hey, the, if, they the know, they know. if they know they know
1: yeah um but I I think that's a waste of knowledge. I mean, they should be in a big truck. And as a a forewarning, (laughs) you know, the
0: final one is going to be kind of more generic questions that could go across both genres. So there'll be more like engine questions and uh, maybe... history questions revolving the company as a whole you know Mm. things like that so we're going to make sure those questions are fair enough for both classes i like that so we're not going to skew that but the four by four ones are definitely going to be four by four related and the car ones are definitely be pretty much only car related we'll keep you
1: guys updated as we go of
0: course it's still in development we'll be ready by then for sure absolutely absolutely well john i i don't have much of anything else except for to tell you that i am a little excited i've been following my dave ramsey (laughs) principles and i sent that final payment in and i paid off in one lump sum project excursion so now congratulations thank you you own a leaky rust bucket (laughs) (laughs) exactly i was just gonna say i own a pile
1: of rust that sometimes goes down the road It sounds like all of mine, too. <laughs>
0: um, oh, you know what? One final uh, personal slash um, show thing. I spoke with John Freeman, uh, okay. the Michigan president of the Scroungers Car Club, oh, which, by great. the way, I was just told the other day I'm no longer a prospect. I am now a official member. Congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. And I talked to him, and he is 110% on board with pushing with all of our scroungers brethren and other car guys to come to the show he's going to help push out the social media thing for the wheels in the woods he's really excited that we're still having the show this year very cool very cool it's going to be fun stuff thank
1: you for your interest sir greatly appreciated
0: (laughs) absolutely well john you got your list of uh to do's and to go's places and all that stuff no producer Andrew's going to go with no yeah producer andrew would be correct john does not have that list but john can try and wing it again Uh, so how do we start that off? Did you not come prepared to test at school? Like when you had like a math test or something, didn't you have your little cheat sheets all the time? No. Oh, well, all right. Well you can then do we did Did you pass your math
1: class? Barely. Oh. <laughs> that was terrible in school, man. I hated math. <laughs> no, anyways. So if you guys do have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook page, 4x4 talk. You can go to facebook.com slash groups slash four by four talk. Answer a couple quick questions, get you in there, and ask away. Of course, a huge thank you to producer Andrew for all that he does for us. Without Absolutely. him, none of this would be possible. And uh, Keith and I would sound very, very terrible. I'm sure. More terrible. Yeah, yeah. We cats like crying to die. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Anyways, uh, if you do want to, if you do enjoy the show and want to hear some more extra content, check us out patreon.com/slash Wheel and Radio. Well, it's 2 bucks a month. You get a bonus episode on top of this episode that we do. It's a little more, how would you say, I don't want to use the word risque, but. Offensive. Offensive, that's a good <laughs> one. It's a little bit more open mic, a little less PG-13. So we'll say it that way. 2 bucks a month, again, patreon.com slash Radio. If you are watching us on YouTube, be sure to hit like and subscribe, to see more future content from us. It's, uh, yeah, go from there. So with that, I'll say thanks for listening and have a good one, everybody.
0: Well, Johnny Orange is just poofed.